Area 10 Faith Community meets in the historic Bird Theater in Carytown in Richmond, Virginia. We worship together at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings, both in person and online at youtube.com slash area10church. Kid-friendly programming is also available at the same time just down the street at 2810 at Community Gathering Place. We hope to see you at the Bird Theater soon. Now, on to this week's message. So, can we give a little love to Thanksgiving as a holiday? Right? I think it gets, it gets totally slept on. I was talking to my son, Eamon, and he's like, Dad, it's not even the top five of holidays. I'm like, it's, it, 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 it's overlooked, right? Because you get, you get ho- if you ask people, what's your favorite ho- holiday, they're going to they're gonna say like, oh, Christmas, Halloween. But like, and then, and then you, go, you go to the store, like even before Halloween and the Christmas decorations are out, and I'm like, but what about Thanksgiving? We're missing, I don't even know what Thanksgiving decorations look like. I don't know. Should we be putting up like big pictures of turkeys? I don't know. Is weird, but but if you think about it, the other holi- some of those other holidays have a lot of pressure with them. You know, Halloween is like you got to find the right clothes, and you know it's body shaming, and it's all this the stuff that goes along with it. Like, what are you gonna wear, and all that. And then Christmas is a lot of pressure because of gift giving. It's like, oh, am I gonna get the right gift, and then all this, and it's expensive, and all this stuff. But right there in the middle is Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is just about gratitude, about being thankful and eating. Like, how great is this? Like. We really need to appreciate that the holiday is really just built around showing gratitude and being thankful. Um, and, and I think that's fantastic because it's, it's actually like a, a fruit of the spirit kind of idea of, of, of showing thanks. I, I was telling, I was telling Eamon, I said, we need to like, we need more Thanksgivings. We should have one every month, but like, but build them around other things like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. You know, we could have like kindness giving and we could, do, we could do one month, we could do peace giving, we could do joy giving, we could do patience giving. And he's like, he was like, yeah, but what would we even do in those, if we, if those holidays? I'm like, I don't know, like peace giving, we could just all come together and then just be quiet. Which is, as he pointed out, is very similar to patience giving. If we did patience giving, but it's a very different kind of quiet that you would have in patience giving than peace giving. And I think that's true. Um, but I, I think beyond uh, pie, which is one of the best things about Thanksgiving, this, the other great thing about Thanksgiving is just gratitude. It's just a season built around um, giving thanks. And that is a, a beautiful thing. It is a, it is a great thing. And it's so... Um, it, it's so good for us. It inspires us to practice gratitude. And a lot of people have been pointing out, you've probably seen this online in various ways, that gratitude is actually really good for us. Um, it, it, it has an effect on the body, on our mental state, our emotional state. I was reading an article about it. I'll just give you a couple of the highlights. Basically, it says this. Number one, gratitude unshackles us from toxic emotions. They did a study where they had a bunch of people write letters of gratitude, and then they, they kind of tracked their attitude and their, their words and their 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 mood and all that after they had written letters of gratitude. And they basically found that right, even writing a letter of gratitude pulls you away from like negative emotional thoughts. It, it, a lot of people who wrote those letters started using the word we more than the word I, and they started to use more positive language just in the way they talk, just simply from taking the time to write a letter of gratitude. So it unshackles us from some of our toxic emotions. Number two, gratitude helps us deal 
with adversity. If we are in the practice of, of giving thanks, it helps us when hard things come along because we're already in a habit of, I will be thankful and I will look for a thing to be thankful even in the bad. So when adversity comes, we're already kind of in, in the mood of like, I'm going to find a way to be thankful no matter what if we practice gratitude. Uh, so it helps us deal with adversity. Number three, gratitude helps us build stronger relationships. When you tell someone thank you, they like to hear it. Like it, it builds something between you when you show gratitude towards someone. You say, oh, thank you so much, you know. Uh, that, that's, that's huge. Actually, at our men's retreat this year, we talked about gratitude, and we were challenged to, to show more gratitude in our lives and be thankful. And I, I actually made a note to myself. Um, I have like a daily habit journal that I track certain habits, and I added as a habit that I want to say thank you five times a day. So I'm, I'm trying to build it into my life and my sort of habit stack of I'm going to intentionally thank people, whoever I find, wherever, throughout the day, to say thank you to people five times a day. Um, and I'm still working on it, still trying to get good at it, but I think it helps build relationships between people when you express, you know, this, um, when you express your gratitude. If you don't express your gratitude, it's sometimes it's taken as you don't have any. So you, it, if you speak up and say thank you, it builds the relationship, uh, and it can be a powerful thing. The ancient Israelites would express gratitude. Uh, the classic idea would be to say thanks to God before a meal. We do that. A lot of you probably do that, did that this week. We do that now. We express gratitude. Um, but the ancient Israelites did it, and they would do it not just in mealtime. They would do it in a lot of phases and times and, and seasons of their life. So they would have festivals where they would express gratitude to God and, and you know, a week-long festival or a season where it's designed to, you're supposed to show gratitude. Um, King David, who wrote most of the Psalms, uh, wrote a, a good amount of thankfulness and gratitude into the Psalms. We could have picked a lot of them to talk about today, probably, where they express some sort of thanks to God for what he has done. Um, and I think it's actually an interesting thing or maybe an unusual thing that a king would show so much gratitude. Because uh, if you think about David's story, he has a lot to be thankful for. Uh, he was sort of the, 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 the runt of the litter of a, of, a, of a bunch of brothers. And he came to the battle. Israelites were having the battle with the Philistines. He comes to the front lines and he sort of volunteers to jump in and fight. And he fights against a guy named Goliath. You've probably heard that story. Uh, he fights against Goliath, who's much bigger, stronger than him, and he wins. And David goes from being overlooked and unknown to... The, the biggest celebrity in Israel very quickly, and he eventually is made king. And, you know, it, being king is not bad. It's not a bad way to be. If you're going to be something in the ancient world, go for king, because the ancient world is generally harsh and difficult with disease and lack of resources and lack of food, and there's just a lot of challenges. And if you're going to be king, it's kind of not that. It's kind of great. So you would think that David, of anybody, would have plenty of reasons to be thankful and plenty of things to be thankful about. But the truth is, and this shouldn't be hard to believe, just because you're king doesn't mean you're going to show a lot of gratitude, right? It's not hard to believe when you become king and people practically start worshiping you. It's not hard to believe that people start getting a little bit entitled about their position. They're kind of like, yeah, I am king. What's up? Like, I'm kind of awesome. Like, and don't you all know? Like, you even see that now when people are blessed, hashtag blessed, right? They get, it, it moves very quickly from gratitude to um, entitlement, where people are like, uh, you know, actually, I deserve this, and I'm kind of awesome, and that's why, you know, my mom told me I was special, and dang it, I am. I'm really special, and, you know, and so we, we move away from being thankful, generally, and we get entitled. 
Um, what at first gets applauded eventually just gets expected. And we lose gratitude in our lives um, because we don't experience life as, as the gift that it is. We don't experience it like, man, this was given to me. We just sort of move into the space of like, no, it's not a gift. I just deserve it. And culture kind of reinforces this. I don't know if it's marketing, but how much of marketing has moved into the space in, in, in America, at least, of like, of, of telling you not that you want this thing, but that you deserve it, right? You deserve a break today. You deserve to, you, of course, you deserve that car, that house, that new phone, that like, you deserve it because, I don't know, because you're you and you're just awesome or whatever. Um, and, and, and as soon as we move in our headspace to, I deserve this, we don't show gratitude anymore. We don't thank anyone for it because, man, we had it coming to us. It's what we're supposed to have. And we, we, we forget that there are gifts given to us in love when we think that all of them are just what are rightfully ours. They belong to us. And so I think it's actually notable that David makes time to thank the Lord and show gratitude uh, because he could easily fall into that entitlement. And you see some areas of entitlement in his life for sure, um, but you do see all over the Psalms him expressing gratitude. Um, so l- l- let's just jump into it. Psalm 111 that Harrison read. I just want to read the beginning of it. Praise the Lord. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. In the company of the upright, in the congregation, great are the works of the Lord, studied by all who delight in them. Full of splendor and majesty is his work, and his righteousness endures forever. I mean, he starts with pretty standard sort of praise the Lord. I will give thanks to the Lord. And he's, he, he says, I'm going to do this with my whole heart. He's, he's all in on, on thankfulness, right? I'm, I'm, I'm going to show gratitude to God for what he's done. And I love that he says uh, basically his, his works are studied by all those who, who, who love him. And, and I, I love that idea that we would study what God has done for us, that we, that we appreciate him so much we're going to even study it and look for his hand at work in all that he has given. I don't know how that word hits you. For most of us, studying brings up memories that aren't always good of like, oh, I've got to learn Russian literature because they're making me read Tolstoy, and so now I have to learn about the Russian aristocracy from the 19th century, and I could not care less about the Russian aristocracy. You know, we're like, oh, I've got to read this stuff and learn it. That, we think of that as studying. I'm going to learn the history of the battles that went on with the thing, and we think of that as studying. But I don't know that studying has to be that way. We can actually also study things and really get to know them out of love. I, I think about when uh, Abby and I were first dating, I did what, uh, you know, we, we did what a lot of couples do is like we just talked all the time and, you know, hours and hours on the phone or just hang out in person. We were, we were living on campus in, in Cincinnati. And so we would talk all the time. And, and, and I remember what that's like when you're, you're just, you're studying someone, you know, you're just like, I just want to get to know everything about you, what you think, what you like, what you don't like, what, you know, your favorite colors, food, smells, you know, shows that you like, movies, like you just, you study someone. And you want to know them. And it's not done out of obligation. It's done out of, like, desire, uh, love, right? You just go, man, I just, I, this person's so interesting to me. That, so it's possible to study in a relationship as well and it not be a burden, but it be a, a loving thing. I, I want to know you. And I think that's actually what David's getting at. Now, I would say that kind of studying another person out of love, it needs to be reciprocated, right? Like, if you, if you study them and it's not reciprocated, that's called stalking. And that's not good. But if it's reciprocated, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a loving thing and a good thing. And I think that's what David is, 
is getting at that he says, man, God has done great things. There's a, there's a delight there. And he just looks at what God has done and he gives thanks. Studying God and paying attention to what he has done in your life should actually spark some gratitude. Our life is just amazing in, in, in really in so many ways if you, if you think about it. Just think about our very existence. We live on this planet which is perfectly positioned 93 million miles from the sun. Any closer and we'd all burn up. Any further away and we'd all freeze. Like it works where, the, way, the way it is balanced. And that is an incredible thing. And on this planet, I don't know, I haven't been to the other planets, but they look bleak, at least the pictures I've seen. They don't look ever so habitable, but this one is kind of great. It has a really good mixture. I mean, you can just even see it from the color of the planets when you look at them in a, in a map. Like, this one looks really cool with all the blues and the greens. Uh, the other ones are kind of like red and, you know, like apparently they're balls of gas and stuff. Like, just not great. I don't think ball of gas sounds great. Um, what we have here is incredible. There's food in abundance. Some of it is growing. Some of it is running around. And we have to slow it down. But it's all, it's fantastic. And, and not only is there food in abundance, but the body has been designed with a tremendous capacity for flavors. The, the, the salty, the sweet, the, 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 the different taste buds that you have. You can discern a lot of different things. You probably tried that this week, of discerning a lot of different flavors and tastes. And that is an incredible thing that we have not only is there an abundance of options of food and things out there, but our body is built to experience all of it. We, our eyes are built to appreciate beauty. We have rods and cones in our eyes that help us see the differences in color and help us see the difference in movement so we can appreciate um, the beauty of a landscape or a painting and we can appreciate how, when someone dances gracefully across a stage. It's, it's, it's an incredible thing the way our eyes are done. Our, our ears, we can hear such a range of sound and we can hear the difference in, in voices and, 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 and enjoy a, a, what a rich sounding voice sounds like and, and that's just a really, a really cool thing. There's so much beauty in the earth, if we were to think about it and focus on it, the obvious, the obvious things, the mountains and the oceans, right, um, are, are, are fantastic when we, when we stand there. One of the great things I love about Richmond is proximity to both of those things. But honestly, one of the things I love about Richmond also, and especially around this time of year, are the trees that we have. Like, we have great trees, and you don't know that you have great trees until you go somewhere that doesn't have great trees, um, we lived in Colorado for years. People rave about Colorado. I love Colorado. It's a very cool place. Not as many trees, though, and not many, not many big ones, not like what we have here, and not the, the brilliant colors that we have in trees uh, now and around this time of year. It is just gorgeous out in Virginia, the fall colors, and God has painted that for, for, for us. Every common bush is a fire with God. Uh, earth is crammed with heaven, Elizabeth Barrett Browning tells us. Earth is crammed with heaven. It's, it's all there. Our body has incredible capacity, not just for sight and smell and sound, but our body has a capacity for, for joy, for the adrenaline rush, for thrills, for sex, for food, for connection, for intimacy. Um, it is incredible the way we've been made. I think of Hamlet. He says, what a piece of work is man. How noble in reason. How infinite in faculties. It, it, it's, it's wild the way we are built and what we are surrounded with. If we just take a moment and appreciate it. And I know 
We have challenges. We have problems in our relationships. We have uh, job struggles. Um, our joints get sore. <laughs> like, I understand that. But if we could just step back for a minute, we should all kind of go, wow. Wow. What a treat to even be alive right now. What has God done for us? And showing gratitude is really just doing that. It's just stepping back and going, wow, God, what have you done? This is incredible. Listen to how David does it, continuing on this psalm. This is what he says about God. He has caused his wondrous works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and merciful. He provides food for those who fear him. He remembers his covenant forever. He has shown his people the power of his works in giving them the inheritance of the nations. The work of his hands are faithful and just. All his precepts are trustworthy. They are established forever and ever to be performed with faithfulness and uprightness. He sent redemption to his people. He has commanded his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. That's kind of a long list, but really it's a short list. It's just a couple things he's talking about and saying, isn't God good to us? Look at what he's done. And he's just scratching the surface. Now, the New Testament highlights gratitude as well. You see it show up a lot in the New Testament. Jesus himself shows gratitude, um, taking bread and giving thanks, what we call communion. But in this Last Supper meal, he's taking bread, giving thanks to God for it. He's thanking God, um, which I hope we did this week. Um, I, I think religious people, when they gather in the habit of a meal, that, that they, will, they will thank God for providing. Um, and Thanksgiving is usually a great, a great opportunity for that. If you're not religious, you can thank each other, somebody, I don't know, but, um, but, but it is a beautiful thing that we go, okay, God has provided for us. Jesus does it. The Apostle Paul does it. The New Testament writers are giving thanks. Uh, listen to what Paul tells us in 1 Thessalonians 5. He says this. This is very clear, okay? Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do you need a theology degree to understand that sentence, Right? If I said, what is, that, what is that telling us? What is, the, what is the nugget of truth in there for us? Well, here's what God's will. What is God's will for my life? God's will for you is, at least in part, to give thanks, Paul says, in all circumstances. That's pretty straightforward, I think. Give thanks in all circumstances. Um, but I think there's something about that that's actually a little bit next level and should stretch us a little bit in gratitude. I can give thanks for the good things. I can make a list. I can write down, what do I have to be thankful for? Maybe you did that this week. Maybe you've done that this month. Maybe you've been doing that this year. What do I have to be thankful for? Oh, I can be thankful that God's good, that my kids are doing okay. Um, I have a job. Like, I have income. There's heat in my house. Like, I can give thanks for the things that are good and obviously good. But this says to give, that God's will for us, that we would give thanks in all circumstances which means all, right? Which means not just the great circumstances. Um, can I give thanks when I get laid off? Can I give thanks when, when you know, could, could you give thanks when he breaks up with you? Could you give thanks when you get an injury? Can you give thanks when there's tension in the relationship? I, I wonder if we are capable of giving thanks that way. And I wonder if there's actually any value in giving thanks in that way. I think when Paul writes that down, and I, I feel this way about the, the scriptures, this is not meant to be pretty words for us to go, oh, that's, that's pretty, but it's totally impractical, and nobody actually can do that. I think it's meant to elevate us and push us in our gratitude game, that we go, no, you, you can do this. 
like this is a thing real people would do, that, that it's possible to learn to give thanks in all circumstances. Um, I actually think of the Stoics here. Uh, I've, I've been reading this book. I, th- I can't even remember what it's called. It's something like the Stoic Path to Joy or the Good Life or something like that. And um, one of the Stoic philosophers from the ancient world, Epictetus, he wrote this, and I love this quote. He says, what would have become of Hercules, do you think, if there had been no lion, hydra, stag, or boar, and no savage criminals to rid the world of, what would, be, what would he have done in the absence of such challenges? Obviously, he would have just rolled over in bed and gone back to sleep. So by snoring his life away in luxury and comfort, he never would have developed into the mighty Hercules. What's the point? Well, the point is... It is the lion, the hydra, the boar. It is the things that we fight against. It is the challenges that drive us that, to growth, that help us become something. And so it's actually the hard stuff that will make something out of us. And if we never experience hard stuff, we'll never know what we're capable of. If we never experience friction, we won't grow. And so I could argue that we should be thankful for the hard stuff because that's, what's, that's where the growth is coming. Paul says this in the New Testament, that his power, that God's power is made perfect in Paul's weaknesses. It's in the, exactly in the areas that he struggles that God shows up for him. Um, we should give thanks because we know that the testing of our faith develops perseverance is what James says, that we should consider it joy when we, when we have these struggles. Um, so I, I think it is possible, actually, in, in the idea of giving thanks in all circumstances, it's possible to give thanks even for the hard things because they develop something in us. Now, I understand that when, when I say that, really what we're doing is just reframing, cognitively sort of reframing the circumstance. Okay, this is a bad thing, but actually the bad thing could be a good thing because it develops something in me, and, and, and therefore I can give thanks um, even during the bad thing. But is it possible that we could give thanks even when we can't understand the end of it? Even when we're in something and we go, I don't see any way that I can frame this in a good way, and I'm really struggling here. Is it possible to show gratitude in all circumstances, including that circumstance? Um, and I, think that, I do think that's possible, but I think it's going to require that some training on our part in order to make gratitude um, not just something we do at the end, but in order to make gratitude a first instinct that we have. Um, it's going to take training, and this is going to require more than us just giving thanks at Thanksgiving and more than even extending that out and making November our 30 days of, you know, our 30 days of gratitude or whatever. Um, let me just give you two ideas, and then we're done. Here's how we can uh, train ourselves to, to show up and lead with gratitude so that we can give thanks in all circumstances. Number one is this. Read through the Psalms regularly. Um, I don't think I appreciated this as much until this year, and, and I was forced to do it. Uh, I joined other people doing a read through the Bible in a year kind of idea back in January. And part of that was um, you read through the Psalms. So you'd read you know, three chapters from the Old Testament, and then you'd read a Psalm. So you're reading a Psalm every day. There's 150 of them. So over the course of the year, you're going to read through the book of Psalms twice and then some. Um, and so I've, I've been doing that this year, and um, there's something about the, the range of emotions that show up in the Psalms and, and the, the joy and the gratitude and all of that that pushes you back into that, that reminds you to be thankful, even when you're not feeling thankful. 
Um, so I've been able to do that this year, and it's been helpful. And actually, uh, there's a book I, 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 I have had to go along with it. Um, it. Tim Keller wrote a book uh, called The Songs of Jesus, and it's basically his commentary on the Psalms. And so it's, a, it's written as a daily devotional you read through for a year, and he talks a little bit. You'll read the Psalm, and he'll talk a little bit about it. Um, that's, that's, that book is actually the impetus for this sermon series of why we decided to go this route with it. Um, but I would recommend picking that up, The Songs of Jesus by Tim Keller. Um, get that and, and jump into that in 2024 and just go, let me just read a little bit each day, and here's some commentary to go along with it, and let that drive you towards gratitude. It can do that. And then uh, the second tip I'd give you, and this is not earth-shattering or anything like that, uh, but it's just write down what you're thankful for each day. Um, everybody's talking about this. If I, if, if I talk to business conferences and people and, and, and run you know, outside the church world, uh, lots of people are talking about gratitude. Um, it's, it is a thing. It's a thing in November for sure, but it's a thing in, in other times as well where people are saying, you should practice writing down what you're thankful for each day. Um, and I think there's a ton of value to that. I, I think there really is something. Um, but I think even for followers of Jesus, there's even more than just the, the um, physical and emotional aspects of gratitude and what that does for you. I think for followers of Jesus, when we write down every day things we are thankful for, it is training us to see the world the way God sees it. So when I do this and I write down, oh, God, thank you for warm, the warmth of the season or um, a conversation I had with my son yesterday or whatever it is, um, it is training me to look at my day and look for the things that were good, that were a blessing, that were a, something I should be thankful for. God sees those things all the time. He, he gives them to us. When I stop and write it down, I start to see them too. And, and you notice this when you do it for a week in a row or something, you're doing it multiple days in a row, you notice it because you can't write down the same thing every day. So the next day you write something down and you go, I wrote that down yesterday and, you, and now I need to look for something else. And it trains you to look for the things that God is actively doing in your life and around you. And it, so it helps you to see the good world that God has given us. Um, when you have to count those blessings each day, you start seeing what God has done to you and for you. Um, and it also gets us closer to Paul's challenge of giving thanks in all circumstances. So I would say, um, write down what you're thankful for each day and, and do that and build it into, uh, do it every day until it just basically becomes a habit. And, and, uh, and, I, and I think that habit will overflow into other areas. The last verse of this psalm is probably the most famous one. Let me read it to you, verse 10. It says this, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All those who practiced it have a good understanding. Have good, a good understanding. His praise endures forever. There's, it's weird after all this gratitude that he goes there, but I, I, I do think there's a connection when we, when we practice thanking God for what he has done we, we see his power. And, and there's something about that that develops the fear of the Lord in us. We go like, oof, wow, what he has done, it, like a, in, in an overwhelmed sort of way. And so there's a connection here between gratitude, there's the fear of the Lord that, that shows up in us. Uh, it's, he's, he says that's the beginning of wisdom. We want to be wise. We want to grow. So that, that comes there as well. And, you know, we, we, gain, we gain knowledge and understanding. We want understanding. We want to understand the times. We want to understand what's going on. Um, 
start with just showing gratitude for how God has shown up in your life. Uh, let the gratitude flow continually. And start this today, tomorrow. Thanksgiving's over, okay? We're going to move on to the next holiday up. Um, but gratitude can flow from us continually, not just in the 30 days or something like that. Make a habit of this and see how God gives us wisdom and insight. Let's pray. God, thank you for all the good gifts in this world, for the the creation that we live in, the beauty that we get to enjoy. Um, And God, thank you, even when we're not feeling it, for the hard stuff, because it's going to develop something in us. Um, God, may we take this message to heart, we take this psalm to heart, and we learn to develop gratitude in every season. At all times, we are appreciative and thankful for what you have done. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.